Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, September the 22nd, 2023, almost 10 years ago. The Library of Congress came out with a list of books that, quoting the library, uh, and they would say this as a library, books that shaped America. The Library of Congress, of course, um, calls itself uh, timeless. And uh, back in August of this year, uh, they revisited the books that shaped America with C-SPAN. C-SPAN has started a series of books that shaped America. Ten books. They began last week. Uh, and the show is presented by my guest today, Peter Slen, who is an executive producer of C-SPAN. Uh, Peter, congratulations on the series. Fascinating, uh, fascinating project. Can we thank um, the Library of Congress for this or is it really a C-SPAN thing? We thank the Library of Congress, Andrew. They are the uh, leading thinkers on this. They came out with a list in 2012, 2013 of 100 books that they say impacted, shaped America. That had A lot of interesting books. I'm putting them on the screen, many different kinds of books. Yeah, and they divided it 50 years at a time, 1750 to 1800, 1800 to 1850, and so on. And they said, hey, these books had an impact on who we are today, on our society at the time, and they helped shape public policy, things like that. Um, and what they, what the library said, and I agree with 100%, these, some of these books were bestsellers, but these are not, this is not the list of the 100 best-selling books in America, or they're not the list of um, the greatest books ever. That's not the point of this. The point of this is, guess what? These books shaped who we are today, and they had an influence on public policy, on society, et cetera, and that's where they went with this. And this is not a complete list. This is not the, the end-all, be-all list. This is a list to get people talking about the importance of different books. And there's 100 on the LOC's list, on the Library of Congress's list. We took 10 from that taking two from each of the 50-year time periods to kind of break it up. And when we created our list of 10 that we are featuring on C-SPAN over the next 10 weeks, we created about 30 different lists because you see these books and you think, okay, should we do Thomas Paine with Common Sense? Very important uh, with the American Revolution, et cetera. Or, but then there's Ben Franklin on that list, or Noah Webster, who created our language. Yeah, how did you do ways. it? I mean, Peter, um, the list of books, the 100 books, is incredible. I can imagine yeah. you guys at C-SPAN sitting around the table and arguing. It's rather like we've been doing some um, interviews with the long list of the FT Business Books of the Year for 2023. Now it's a short list. They have a, a, a board of people who determine that. Did you have a board at C-SPAN? Uh, did we have a board? No. We had myself, the producer, Paul Argel, and Richard Weinstein, our, our uh, vice president of editorial content. And we had input from different people here at the company. 
but Paul, Richard, and I each came up with our own list of 10. We went into a lunch meeting. We had salads, and for three hours, we each listed our 10. We started there. We saw where we agreed. We came back. We each created another list. We did it all on a big whiteboard, and I wish I still had that. I took a picture of it, but... um, you know, the crossouts. We created I can imagine the crossouts. Let's, let's just go ways. over the the, last, the the 10 books that are on it. Common Sense, Tom and Payne, The Federalist, History of the Expedition under the Command of Captain Lewis and Clark, uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, Border Biography, The Common Law, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Adventures of Huckleberry Friend, My Antonia, Their Eyes Were Watching You, Zora Neale Houston, uh, a personal statement by Milton and Rose Friedman, and then the words of Cesar Chavez. We're going to get into that. I'm going to do some more shows on the series. But what books, in your view, Peter, should have got in that didn't? Give a shout <laughs> out to one or two books that you think deserve to be in there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will share this. I mean, how do you how do you not put Harriet Beecher Stowe, Uncle Tom's Cabin, on there? Um, one that I was very much in favor of W.E.B. Du Bois, The Souls of Black Folks. Was yeah, that should have been on there. I think, I, I guess, and, that's the problem with these kind of lists is they get sort of compartmentalized. So you've got Frederick Douglass, maybe you can't have Du Bois on a, on a top 10 book list. Well, I, I don't think that's the point, but these are books that represent different viewpoints, different eras, and different topics. And that's what we absolutely settled on i mean there's there's so many good ones on here that are just amazing books um you've got and the band played on by randy schiltz and you've got tony morrison beloved carl sagan cosmos i mean all these books and these are more recent one roots by alex haley um i don't know if you were in the country if you remember but back in 77 the entire country stopped and watch the root series. Yeah, it's interesting on that roots book. It depends how you interpret it. Um, I'm rereading Rick Perlstein's uh, Nixon Land, and he talks yep. about that show, the show, the TV show rather than the book, suggesting that people misunderstood it. It was presented in different ways. So it's not just the best books, but how they're read as well, Peter, isn't it? Yes, I, I agree. And did that book have an impact on who we are today? Yes. Did it have an impact at the time? I believe it did. So that's that's why these types of books get on the list. Dale Carnegie. You know. So there's just a, yeah, they have a hundred here that are really carefully curated. But what one, one of the things we're doing, Andrew, and you can see this on our website, cspan.org slash books that shaped America is viewer input. If you don't think this list is complete and should be changed, submit your own. Right up at the top, it says viewer input. And right. you can se- send us a video. And we've been showing those. We showed those in the first week with Thomas Paine. We're going to show some more Monday night with the Federalist Papers. And these are viewers who just have their own opinion about what books should be included. Be it Dr. Seuss, be it Rachel Carson, be it Phyllis Wheatley. Um, so this is this is a cause for conversation not an end-all list in any way shape or form 
Yeah, and what I what I'm intrigued with, Peter, is books that shaped America. You 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 talked, and I'm, I'm quoting. You said, "Who we are." Do you believe that books really have shaped America? Leaving aside the individual books, is this, in a way, the the, the narrative of America? Is it a, a literary endeavor, rather like writing a book? If you think about democracy in America, Alexis de Tocqueville, not an American author, of course, but somebody who came over here in the 1840s and presently defined what we were trying to be and what we were at the time. Yeah, that was a book that has had an outsized impact on our thinking, on our institutions. So yeah, these books do make a difference. And we tried to pick ones that were, oh, God, I'm using this word liberally, but timeless. That, hey, guess what? Thomas Paine, still relevant today. And every political group in America claims Thomas Paine as, as one of their own. So um, he, he spans the spectrum. Shouldn't it be the reverse, though, Peter? Um, shouldn't we be thinking of books that are foreign to us now if we're really to make sense of, of, of how America evolved? I, I'm not sure what you mean by that question. What I mean is, is that reading a book, perhaps like the Federalist Papers, where it's, it's not C-SPAN, it's not academic, and I, I don't mean to say that C-SPAN is academic, but it, it, it's... It's not as obvious as it would seem. If we if we contemporary if we make everything contemporary, then it undermines the complexity and uniqueness of the American historical ex, uh, experience. Well, I think that's a good point, and we, I talk about you know books that shaped America, but at the time they were shaping the society as it was. The Federalist Papers came out in support of ratifying the Constitution, strong central government. Um, two things that happened. So they were shaping America at the time as well. Thomas Paine came out in January of 1776. It was in July 1776 that the Declaration of Independence was written in the same city, Philadelphia. When you read Common Sense and then you read the Declaration of Independence, they read very similar, uh, you know, Whereas this is the situation as it is now. And here are all the things that the King of England and England have done wrong. And three quarters of it is a diatribe against the mother country. So easy question, Peter, for you. You're an interviewer. You, you can bat this one away. What is America? Uh, you know, I like sitting on the other side of the microphone for the most part because then I don't have to, to share views and, and uh, um, have to think too much. I just get to ask questions and be curious. So you say um, the person who asks questions doesn't have to think? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it is, it, that's, a, that's a wonderful question, Andrew, and I'm going to answer it in a kind of a strange way, which is every time I'm driving into work or walking down the street or doing anything, I think, about the complexity and the fact that all this is occurring 
while everything else is occurring at the same time. And 80% of the time it works. 80% of the time we're a functioning group and not, and I'm not talking politically necessarily. I'm just talking as a society, we're functioning, we're getting through and we're each making individual choices based on our personal experiences, our personal trigger points, our personal whatevers. And somehow there's a undefined structure that is for the most part holding us together. But that's, but you could describe any country like that. It's the same in the United Kingdom, the same in Denmark, a country we always joke about on this show, same in South Korea, same in China. What is it about America that makes it different? You go back to common sense. You go back to the Federalists. You go back to Lewis and Clark. You go back to Frederick Douglass. You go back to our short, short history and our founding. And I think those are the things that we came, came to be. It truly was, in many ways, a, such, it is a unique experiment that in many ways is spread across the world in its own forms. Um, it, it, we had this blank sheet of paper and we, the founders and others created kind of the foundation of what we are now. So that's what makes us unique. Sure, they're unique in Denmark, Brazil, Argentina, wherever you want. And every, everybody should feel that sense of national uniqueness. And I think every, every time you do cross a border, there is a uniqueness to that nation. So, but I'm speaking specifically about us may not be coincidental you're presenting america as a tabula rasa which reflected the thinking of many political writers in the 18th century when america was founded including of course john locke and perhaps thomas paine we are talking with the great peter slen who is um an executive the are you an executive producer or the executive producers peter i'm an executive producer how many are there ah one, two, well, you know, there's probably about four or five of them. Oh, that's pretty good. Yourself, so you're a, you're a pretty exclusive group. You are one of the few executive producers at C-SPAN. You also present a wonderful new show on C-SPAN that we're going to do a couple of shows on, Books That Shaped America. We're going to take a short break now, and then I want to come back, Peter, and talk about the first book, Common Sense, Thomas Paine, 1776. So stay with us, everyone. I just want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Liberties, a quarterly journal of culture and politics. Going to run a short ad for Liberties, and then we'll be back with Peter Slen, one of the five executive uh, <laughs> producers or editors at uh, C-SPAN. Hold on, everyone. Beyond the news, the noise, there is nuance, insight. Liberties is not just a journal of ideas. It's a meteor of intelligent substance. It's the place to be for engaged citizens. Politics, opinion, substance. Liberties is a triumph for freedom of thought. A quarterly of urgency, 
of cultural exploration, of intellectual delight, of immaculate prose. It's invaluable. Subscribe now or find Liberties at your favorite bookseller. And you can subscribe to Liberties at libertiesjournal.com. All our guests are getting an annual subscription, including Peter Slam. Uh, Peter, you before the break, we're talking about what makes America America. You talked about it as a unique experiment, a blank sheet of paper. Uh, the first book that you uh, focus on in, in the show uh, is Thomas Paine's Common Sense. Do you think Paine saw America as a unique experiment, a blank sheet of paper? Uh, sure. In a sense, he did. Um, at the same time, he also saw it as an opportunity. You know, we're all complex human beings. Let's not um, glorify this too much. But one of the things that Thomas Paine wrote in Common Sense is, from the error, from the errors of other nations, let us learn wisdom. So in that sense, Thomas Paine saw an opportunity to break away from what he considered to be the mistakes of the English monarchy and to create this new nation. Now, did he want to influence that nation? Sure. He wanted to have his voice as part of the, the creation. Um, so in that sense, there was a little bit of, you know, there's some uh, opportunism is too strong a word, but, you know, he wanted to have some influence. What were the eras of other nations? Obviously, 18th century England, but was he also thinking of antiquity? We've done a couple of shows recently on the history of democracy and ancient Greece and Rome and what we have to thank the Romans and the Greeks and, and how we're different from them. Was, was, was Paine a classicist? Oh, Paine had a history in England. He, was, he only came to America, to the colonies in 1774. And by 1776, he had written Common Sense. Um, I, I don't know whether I can say that Paine was a classicist. I think that's a little out of my, my wheelhouse, but he was not a fan of the hereditary monarchy. He did not think that kings and the hereditary nature of monarchies was a successful model. And even though the tax rate was only 1.5% at the time of the American Revolution, uh, there was a real feeling that this island, this tiny island over next to Europe was controlling this continent. And so it, a bit of a teenage attitude in a sense, I would say. You, to be fair, I'm treating you as an expert on, um, on pain, which you're not. You're the interviewer for the show. And the guy on the show who you interviewed to talk about common sense was Richard Bell, a, a professor of history. Um, what did you learn about the book? What, what, what do you think came out of that show about why this book shaped America, one of the 10 books that shaped America? I, I, first of all, I would say that uh, Professor Bell, Richard Bell of the University of Maryland, was a terrific guest. And uh, he, was, he was from England, uh, you know, naturalized now. Um, 
and he brought, I think, a sense of Payne's strengths and what Payne was feeling and Payne's ability to maneuver with the founders and how he caught lightning in a bottle, in a sense, saying, hey, this is the time one of the lines from common sense, these are the times that are not from common sense, but from Thomas Paine. These are the times that try men's souls. That's where Paine was able to capture a spirit at the time. Now, Paine went on to write some other things after common sense, had, you know, an outsized influence for several years and died penniless and basically friendless in New Rochelle, New York, when he when he did pass. So, you know, he had a moment. It was up and down. But what I found with Payne was he was able to capture what the founders, our founders, were trying to do at the time. And he was able to put it in words. But the founders... Peter, and don't need me to tell you this, were divided between Federalists and Anti-Federalists. Um, the second book uh, in the series next week on September the 25th is The Federalist Itself. Was Payne a Federalist or an Anti-Federalist? You know what? That is an excellent question. He was a friend of Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Rush, Thomas Jefferson, somewhat but john adams called common sense a poor ignorant malicious short-sighted crapulous mess so which is a pretty strong pretty strong yeah to put it politely um whether or not Payne was a federalist i don't feel qualified to 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 give you an answer to that he 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 was more in the independent spirit of breaking away from the mothership. And I think that's one of his strengths. He was not, he was not a proponent necessarily of a strong government. He was a proponent of a strong society. The term common sense suggests a technocracy, a, a, a simple utilitarianism. Did he have a politics? He was a man, even though there really wasn't a left and the right back then before the French Revolution. But he was certainly a man of the of, of what we would think of as the left today, wasn't he? Well, the question I asked Richard Bell, the University of Maryland professor, is can you put Thomas Paine on the political spectrum of our world today? And I think he had the same issue that you and I are having, which is, you know, everybody can adopt Thomas Paine and find something that they like in there. And one of the, one of the things that came out was Thomas Paine was a bit of a populist, bit of a rebel. So right there, you have populism, you have rebellion. Those are two things that, a lot of different people on the political spectrum can can uh, take and use as their own. And again, if you go through common sense and read the quotes 
again, you can pull any quote you want and make Thomas Paine your own. But as an important figure in American history, he, he did capture a little bit of lightning in the bottle. I'm guessing, uh, and I, I'm sure you touched on this with Richard in, in your conversation, that if Paine was around today, he would be horrified with all the old people in politics, these archaic characters from Diane Feinstein, who looks as if she's almost dead. Or she, I think maybe she is dead and she gets wheeled out. Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, whatever his name is, uh, the, the guy from the, the, the Republican from um, Kentucky who, who can barely open his mouth. Do you think he'd be shocked by the gerontocratic nature of American politics? You know, I don't feel qualified to give you an opinion on that. I can. But you can, you can, you can wear I Thomas Paine. You don't need to be qualified because we're talking about Thomas Paine, and he didn't feel anyone can, needed to be qualified about anything to make a comment. I can extrapolate that uh, from his writings that he was a person who favored less. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that and say that what you said earlier, Andrew, about common sense being a technocracy, I think was pretty, pretty spot on in a sense that it was like, this is common sense. This is what we should be doing. We should be breaking away from, from England. We should be creating our own world. Um, and so you can take what you want from that. He was not a fan of hereditary rule. You can take what you want from that with the longevity in our politics. And should we be able to choose our own leaders? Take what you want from that. Yes, we should be able to choose our own leaders. Take what you want from that. But these are people that you've referenced to get elected and reelected. So are we removing choice from people by saying, you know, you're old, so therefore you can't be a leader anymore? You know, these, these people are freely chosen. So you, you, can, you can take it from both sides again. And I'm playing both sides of the game and I'm not being very succinct and I apologize for that. Do you think you'd also be horrified with the astonishing inequalities in America, the new aristocracy, the coastal elite, um, which uh, many people on both on the left and the right are, are horrible. Pain back to life. If we can talk, um, is that the thing that he would focus on today in the 2020s in America, this astonishing inequality in economic and cultural terms? That is not something that I necessarily took from common sense or from my conversation with Richard Bell. So I'm going to punt. So what, what would he say if, 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 if Payne was around today and came back to America um, and he looked at this country mm. and he watched C-SPAN and he watched CNN and he watched Fox and he read the New York Times and he read the Wall Street Journal and he traveled around the country, he did a Tocqueville, what would he conclude? You know, I, I would hate to be the one to put words into Thomas Paine's mouth too. Well, he, he can't. He's, he's long gone, so he, there's not so, much he can do. So what I can do is quote Thomas Paine, 
from common sense of more worth is one honest man to society and in the sight of God than all the crowned ruffians that ever lived. That sounds a little like what we would consider to be populist today. Yes, I think so. Society is produced by our wants and government by wickedness. The former promotes our happiness positively by uniting our affections, the latter negatively by restraining our vices. So what he would think today, I, I, I'm not gonna venture there, but those are a couple of Thomas Paine quotes from Common Sense. 